Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is Gavina T.K. Kirkland. You're listening to the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. You know, we do everything from relationships to insurance companies to credit to, you know, you name it all, man. I come across great people, great spirit. I've been watching this young lady been on her hustle for a long time and she is doing a thing and I wanted to feature her today on this show because not only she's a good spirit um, fascinating um, beautiful lady and I want y'all to meet Tanika from Baton Rouge Louisiana who has a beautiful clothing line I hear working for herself Um, say hello to everybody doc Hola. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so, T, so first, first let's get into it. Um, tell us about yourself, and then how did you get into creating your own business and doing successful? Okay, about me. Well, my name is Tanika, um, and so what I've morphed into is Chimes CEO, um, that is my, I guess you could say, moniker for Times Boutique. Times Boutique has okay. been my lifelong dream. So a little bit about myself. I am a Southerner through and through, a Louisianian through and through, born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But I always had a big dream for myself, saw myself way far and wide outside of here. Um, people from here always would always ask me, are you from here? Because <laughs> they mm-hmm. was like, you're not like us, like, you know. Um, so I always saw myself in fashion, but because of, you know, how we are, our parents kind of push us in certain directions. You know, we I have children, and you see gifts and things in your children, and that's what you try and, you know, enrich and promote and encourage. So I was uh-huh. real apt at math and science. So my dad, and I have a nurturing personality, naturally. So my dad pushed me in the the direction of nursing, and that's where I went. So I am a nurse by heart. Um, Even if I didn't have the education of a nurse, I would still be, you know, nurse people and take care of them because that's just how I am. So I have been a nurse now for about 23 years. But along the way, as I navigated through life and I learned what I like and love and what was in my heart, it made me go in the direction of fashion. Um, that was always a passion of mine. It's just that I didn't know how to make a living of it. I didn't know what to do with this passion. So mm-hmm. it wasn't until, you know, certain life situations, the loss of my stepdad. I call him stepdad for lack of a better word, but he was like my bonus dad. He was a great man. And um, the loss of him kind of catapulted me to realize that life is too short. Um, I got to have my happy right now. I wasn't willing to wait anymore. And so that's what started, that's what catapulted me to just go for Chimes Boutique because in the back of my mind, I had already been like researching it. And this was, you know, before when I had this passion, there was no e-commerce. There was no social media. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, how do I just go from, you know, having this career in nursing and opening a store? I didn't even know where to start. So I started researching retail, and then it morphed into e-commerce because of the change in the times. 
Yeah. So I consider that a blessing. I mean, are we blessed to have social media? A lot of times it gets on your nerves and stuff, you know, because it subjects us to so many other, you know, things, vices and cons but uh, and negative things. But there's a lot of positive social media, so I made it work for me and um, launched Chimes Boutique in May of 2015. Okay, okay. Yeah. And how yeah. do you come up with your designs for your clothes? I mean, because one... I think what helps you so not only attractive, you've got that walk, that motherfucker walk, cold, babe. <laughs> that walk, that, that walk alone. Don't walk, that walk alone gets you sales. And you're right, it does. And you know what it is about that walk, though? Let me tell you. First of all, I'm 5'9". I'm a curvaceous woman, I would say. I'm a, I'm yes, a, you are. I guess you are. Statuesque woman. So, yeah. And and I have always, even, you know, when we we're little, I mean, when we we're young, we we're little. I was very thin when I was younger, and but I had all these, I had a behind, let me say that. So when I okay. would walk, to me, I would get teased because I kind of looked mm-hmm. like a giraffe or, you know, some kind of yeah, little they, no, they did. <laughs> yeah, they didn't know, baby. That's all. They didn't know. <laughs> yes, I had to grow into my body, but... So I was always teased about my walk, and I started walking for my boutique out of necessity. You know, as social media moves from just, you know, the static pictures, the posts, they went into the video, the reels, and so people wanted to see the clothes move, and I just saw the traction that I got when they saw the clothes move. So that's why I started to do it, and it just kind of, you know, I had some times that I went viral, but... Um, I think more than anything, more than just the uniqueness or whatever of the walk is that it's real. It's really how I walk to the point where right. people say, oh, why are you walking like that? Well, I have <laughs> always <laughs> walked like this. I am not trying to do anything. I'm just being myself. So it's the organic feature, too. People are yeah. are drawn to what's real. And people that know me, people that are here in my hometown, and people in my family are like, you have always walked like that. That is not – now, when I have heels on, it's exaggerated. I have to be honest because it's not that I'm exaggerating it on purpose, but, I mean, the heels make me walk like that because I'm trying okay. to keep my balance and everything. So, so yeah, my butt's going to sit up higher. My hips are going to sit up higher. And that's attractive to, you know, it, it makes right. people look. Right. Yeah, yep. they can get it. I totally agree. You know, now, and I'm not gonna be ashamed or 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 of that or apologize for that either. No, they're <laughs> not. Now, how do you come up with your designs? Like, like, do you have these visions? You have a um a a board that you put things up and you create. Like, how do you get into creating your design? Well, my designs, I use vendors now. I use vendors. Okay. When I first started, it was more of my designs, and that was so difficult and tedious, especially for a beginner. At this point, I could probably revisit it, but it was much easier. It was just a, a matter of practicality for me to go with designs that were already created. So mm-hmm. I, I like- uh, in the beginning, had to vet and find my own vendors. Now there's more people selling vendor lists that we didn't have yeah. in 2015 when okay. I started or even before right. then when I was doing my research. So I okay. and I even found a company that I used who would, and they're not in, in this country, but um, they would 
do variations for me. So, you know, I, they would do a, like an asymmetrical shoulder. They would remove a strap on one side or, you know, they would do an asymmetrical hem in the bottom of something. You know, they could make those alterations for me as I wanted to. But nowadays I'm using vendors. Okay, smart. Okay, that's smart. Uh, you know, I like that. Now, has your company grown since 2015 to now? Oh, so by, by leaps and bounds. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It has really grown into now, um, you know, full-time employees. I have a retail store here in Baton Rouge because of the demand. Our grand opening is July the 16th. So um, I'm excited. I have customers that are already shopping in the store before we even right. officially have our grand opening because they want they want what China Boutique has to offer, and they're excited, That's and fun. I'm excited to give it to them. Now, so, um how did you hire your employees? Are you going to be there actually selling the clothes too, or you got employees and you just <laughs> – because I'm, going, I'm trying to figure out, did you, if you did hire employees, do they resemble your personality? Because that's important. You're right. That is important. So, and, so to answer your question, I will be there, absolutely, because it's, Times Boutique is my baby. I'm right. going to be there. I have an office. I'll still be, of course, the face of my brand. I'll still be working. I still do orders with them. Like, I, we got to get this stuff out. So, yes. Um, but we're in a transitional period where I'm kind of, you know, like I said, the, the growth, you can't do it all by yourself. So yeah. um, that as far as the qualifications for working with Chinese Boutique, you absolutely have to have a positive personality. And that is because I cannot – coexist with anything negative. I cannot do it. Um, so and it, they wouldn't even want to be in there, you know, <laughs> if right. they didn't have it. It would get on their nerves how positive we are. And not to say that I don't I'm, – I'm realistic, but I'm just saying you have to have a certain level of optimism and positivity to even be able to, to deal with me. You, you're just okay. going to have to have that. Right. Um, now, how do you structure being a nurse? Because I know the hours that y'all keep – and creating mm-hmm. and taking time to get the vendors, taking the time to make sure the orders go out. I mean, are you between patients while someone's sick, walking down in the hallway, send <laughs> uh, <laughs> a text message or emails with your work and somebody will fall out the bed? Like, oh, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not do that. Let's, let's okay. first of all realize the career of a nurse that has transitioned um, I have left the floor. I have not been on the floor since uh, 2005, okay? I did do uh, dialysis in a clinic for a while after that, for about two or three years, but I haven't been on the floor. So I am in a managerial position. I am in a position where um, it's, it's managed care. So it's basically following the money and, and managing the money of health care. That's okay. That's now, yeah, and I am transitioning from that, so I don't do that often. And I also have another company, and so I work for myself, so I can do that. Okay. Now, how did you – let's go back for a minute. What got you into nursing and what courses and what type of mindset you have for people who are listening all over the world? Because this show reaches over 8 million people, um, over 150,000 a week. And a lot of young people listen to the show. So to the young ladies and even men, because men are being nurses now, what type of mindset, yeah. what type of drive you have to have 
to be a nurse? Like, what do you, what, what do you recommend for the people who listen who are thinking about it? I'm glad you added the what do I recommend because you, when you say what kind of mindset do you have to have, we have all types in nursing, okay? I'm sure that yes. people can testify to what they have ran across with themselves or their loved ones while being cared for. So, mm-hmm. it's yeah, but I recommend someone who is nurturing at heart. Uh, there are people in a profession who are not nurturing, and they don't make yeah. good nurses. Um, Now, there's an area for them. They can do anesthesia. They can do probably uh, surgery and and not interact with people while they're conscious, while they're conscious, you know, awake. They would be better in those areas and stay away from having to deal with people who are actually, you know, recovering from something or sick. Um, So there are – is a space for people who may not have the personality, but it's just like doctors who don't have a good bedside manner. Um, but I think, number one, you have to be nurturing. You have to care. Um, you have to be detail-oriented. That's very that's, – that's a natural trait of mine, but that comes in handy for me so often because in healthcare, we're human beings administering or in charge of people's lives, and mm-hmm. a thing and, is – Things are going to be missed because of, you know, human error. We're not perfect. But if you have a conscientious person or a person who yeah. cares and, and is detail-oriented, they're going to find that mistake before it's made a lot of times. So that's what you want. You want a nurse who's, who's naturally that way because everything can't be taught in school. Um, and, and that's the thing. Nursing is a profession where art meets science. So you need to be able to have a certain level of uh you know, we're very um, adaptable, and you have to be adaptable in a profession. Things change at the drop of a dime, and you need to be able to deal with it when it changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so adaptability is really, really important, too. You can teach these skills that we do to anyone, to most people who have, a, you know, an average IQ. You can teach how to start an IV, but to be a great, like, IV person, you still need the other things I said. Be detail-oriented and have a certain level level of creativity, too, because people are different. And you yeah. would, if I'm just taking IV as an example, a skill, that is a technical skill that's taught, but a great IV initiator, a person that can do them well, is, has the other qualities I said because you'll see how that vein goes, you'll be able to make adjustments, and you'll realize, oh, okay, when I put a hot compress on this person's hand, it's gonna, yeah. the vein is going to pop up easier. And if I don't, you know, if I make them relax and they're not nervous, I'll have a better chance of getting this IV started. So you have to have common sense, too. Common sense and adaptability are very good qualities to have in a nurse. Yeah, the, the nurses out here, it's gotten horrible. I remember my uncle passed away in the 80s, and he was saying to me, he said, TK, they're trying to kill me. And I used to (laughs) always think the hospital was sacred. Like, everybody in there was top-notch, was on top of their game, but there are so many mistakes that happen in there that are swept under the rug because of incompetence, and it's sad. And, and yeah. I'm glad that you're saying this to people who are thinking about getting into this profession. If, if you're not nurturing, please do not get in this business because you might it. be taking care of me one day. And I want to make sure that mm-hmm. you're nurturing, Tanika. Like, I need 
somebody like you. Like, that's yes. important. <laughs> difference between dying early and living a little longer. And your quality of life while you're here. Um, you know, and as the profession has grown and salaries have increased, especially since COVID, um, we're making great money. Tremendous. Okay. Um, they, you know, Congress even meant to, to put a cap on our salaries because we were making more than doctors. I mean, it was it was, it was a lot of money, a lot of money, <laughs> buckets. Oh, that's, so, that's they, so they, they so they hating on you making money on that profession. Yeah, I've heard that's about fair, that. But yes. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so the doctors were hating. Well. Yeah, doctors and just people in general, because for a long time, our profession wasn't even respected. People, you right. walk into a room, and they're like, we need ice. Ice? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not just, we're not, I'll get you some ice, but we're not waitresses. We're here, right. to, you know, a lot of times it was the nurse who, the doctor wrote the order, but it was the nurse who carried it out. So, you know, they're right. like, I need the doctor to start my IV. You sure you want the doctor to start your IV? Are you sure about that? Because I could do this in my sleep. That doctor right. probably, unless they're in anesthesia, that doctor probably would be struggling. They know where the vein is, but they don't know the technique to get the IV in all the time. So it just, you know, people and, just and had this idea of what a nurse was. Yes, and training has changed, I heard, in the last 20 years, right? Like, the doctors are not even working on real people anymore. It's like machines are simulated. They do a lot of simulation, a lot of robotics and stuff because that's the direction of healthcare. But, I mean, as the profession has changed, as nursing has changed, you're going to get all kind of different candidates for it because money. That, right. That's really, I mean, no, dollar drives everything. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Let me make sure I'm clear. What I'm saying is that the, the training for the doctors, everybody now is it's not like it was before. People are doing things that um, it just doesn't seem like they should do that now, if that makes any sense, because it's not beneficial. Like to the doctors, some of the things are declining. And I want to know what you what your take is on that. It, the doctors are doing. You said they're doing simulations, not even on real people. Or right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and they, I want to know what, your, what you think they're taking. No, no, I don't. They're still doing their residency. They're still having actual patients. They're not okay. just doing that. Yeah, they're okay, just incorporating cool. it. I was saying because that's the direction of healthcare. There's a lot of teledocking going on telehealth, mm -hmm. where doctors aren't even coming into the room with patients. They're having to assess them over the phone, over a video screen. So they are incorporating that, but they still have to do actual hands-on didactic training. They, they have okay. to do that, and that's still happening. And to, and to the people listening, have you ever heard of um, life screening, T? Life streaming? No. Screen, screening, screening. Oh, life screening. No, what's that? To the people who are listening, I want you to Google life screening. Life screening is this company. They come to your city. It's high technology. It's like putting your body on a machine like a dialysis, like how you do your car. Mm -hmm. And they put all these things on your ankles, your 
your wrist, your heart. They put this tube on the side of your neck that can let you know if you are you a candidate for stroke, if you're a candidate for okay. aneurysms. Because like you said, when you go to the doctor, the doctor only knows what you tell the doctor. This company tells you exactly what's going on with you. And I'm going to start promoting this more because there's so many people who have come to my comedy shows. I'll talk to them months later. They say they had an aneurysm or they got sick um, weeks later and I didn't hear from them. And it's so sad that um, even though you could be healthy, these types of things can mm-hmm. happen to you because a lot of people don't know. But I want people to check out life screening. Just Google it. It's only like $150. I see. And I see they're going to be in our area, too, in uh, I think you July. Go. Yeah, you should go, I honey. I, mm-hmm. I guarantee. And then, you know, I want you, as you meet people and you start talking about health care, whatever, tell them about life screening. Man, you will be blown away. I swear to God. It's that powerful. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it's amazing that they have this type of technology to um, today, and it can save lives. And I hope that somebody's listening there, Google it just like you did, and see that they're coming in your area. Go to it and go once a year or once every two years, and you will say, thank you, T.K. Kirkland. That's, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's a fact. So now what's your goal now? You're going to open on the – the 16th in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And what's your dream? Do you have a vision already or you just want to maintain or you want to grow, 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 grow? Because you know you're in a business now that um, it's so phenomenal because online shopping is at the Absolutely. top of the game. It's right. A, and, it's and, a multi-million dollar business. Right. And at the time when the pandemic hit, I had already, I was ahead of the game because I decided to stay e-commerce. So I never missed a beat with sales. Um, They increased because people were home more and were shopping from home more. Um, So people ask, well, what made you start a a brick and mortar, you know, since you were already just online? Well, the demand local, the local demand grew. And because mm-hmm. I went kind of backwards, whereas I went global first, and then people here realized, oh, you're from, you're here? Do you have a store here? And so that's what made me uh, open a store here. So my dream, my goal, um, what I foresee for myself, I've always been from the beginning open to Chime Boutique being whatever it could be, whatever God said, the biggest, most whatever, because his dreams for me are, are way bigger than mine. Um, like so that. I'm open to that. I'm open to that, and um, right now I want to. This is just my first location. I want to have other stores, of course, um, and other opportunities for Chime CEO, for Tanika, for myself, collaborations. I like that. Yes. So, okay, so I have I'm two open questions to I want to ask you all. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, break down to the people. What is e-commerce and brick and mortar, some word that you just used? I didn't understand. Brick and mortar. Brick and mortar. Brick and mortar. Yes. Mm-hmm. So e-commerce is just the online store, online shopping, and then mm-hmm. brick and mortar would be the actual physical location they can come into and shop, the store that they can walk okay. into and the closer there. So okay, cool. most of the time what's grown over the years and the trend is online boutiques. 
and people have, you know, some of your, we all know the big box stores have gone to online only because people stopped going into the stores during COVID. Yes. You know, and why pay for the retail if you don't have to? But um, totally a lot agree. of people still, right, a lot of people still want to try on. So it's not that costly to keep yourself small. I think that's the key. Don't try and go into a mall and have this huge store. First of all, boutique is about exclusivity. So you are not trying to have hundreds of items of the same thing. And people get upset because they say, well, you sold out. You sold out. Yes, it's a boutique. We're going to sell it. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> well, I'm not going to have a thousand pairs of the same jeans. No. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep presenting you with new items and things that you get. You won't go somewhere and see 15 people in the same thing you have on. That is what a boutique is. And I'm going to remember right, like to that. that model. So I'm going yeah. to stick to having small boutiques or, you know, boutique size. Uh, establishments wherever else I decide to put a Chinese boutique. I have other locations in mind, and I'm okay. going to stick to that model. Not a big chain of, uh, you know, not the mall. No. Okay. No, so let me ask you a question because you seem very uh, knowledgeable about your business from top to bottom. Now, when you picture a boutique, tell me about your location because some tells me you got a great location. My location, <laughs> I don't <laughs> – Let's keep this in mind. I have a great location. It's a new mm -hmm. area that, I mean, it's an area that we had a flood here in Baton Rouge in 2016 that wiped out a large part of our city. People were, okay. oh, it was dramatic. It was it was like a, a, a mini Katrina for us. That area has been rebuilt. And there. so this is a plaza that was constructed after that era. It's brand new. Mm -hmm. So that was attractive to me. It's in people need to make sure when you're doing your boutique about your market research, mm -hmm. your market analysis, you, your, your target market. So it's in my target market. I invite anyone to shop there, though, from all walks of life, all whatever. I would never, you know, but it's in a good location. It is at 1230 O'Neill Lane in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And um, it's called O'Neill Town Center. So it's a mixed uh, shopping area. We have other, uh, like, salon, a nail salon, you know, uh, uh, restaurants and everything over there. So as people okay. are coming and going from those places, they can come on over to Times Boutique. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so, so now, and what are your hours at your, at your shop? Wednesday through Friday from 11 to 6, and Saturday from 10 to 3. Okay, okay. And um, so your grand opening is January 6th, I mean January 16th, Lord, July 16th. <laughs> July 16th. <laughs> I'm going to show you my mind. Yes, July now, 16th. Okay, so let's talk about, let's, let's, shift, let's shift questions for real quick. So the word, a lot of has changed in the last couple of days. You know, um, Roe versus Wade was overturned, and I wanted to know, get your opinion on that. What do you think? How does that affect you? What is it? Hmm, yeah, I want to know what you think on that. Well, I'm a lady, so I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. and I don't I, I don't take kindly to anybody telling me what to do with myself and my body that I have to take to, to manage and care for on my own. Mm -hmm. And um I've always been a pro choice woman. Um but I, I believe that as a mother, let me say this first of all, as a mother, 
we can never be pro-abortion. So I don't like that term, and I okay. won't accept that. It's, we're not pro-abortion. We're pro-choice. So that means okay. I get to determine what happens to me. And I don't like anybody, and, and nor is it even, in my opinion, legal for there to be a law that tells me that I have to do anything with my body. Mm-hmm. And that is okay, the I only thing saying. really that. Yeah, and that's the only thing really they're trying to legalize. I think it's political and it's driven by, well, I know it's political, but it's driven by race. I think it's racial as well because, they're, you know, the population, the people who made the decision for that, their population is dwindling. And I think that they are, and they are, let's do the number, the ones who are getting mm-hmm. the abortions. So I think that's what they're trying to control. I think it's a population control and a power a population control issue and a power struggle. Um, so I'm confused when I mean, say the population they, control because if you have the kids, there's going to be more people. So how can, how is it population control? I thought if by the because, because I'm saying control okay, in the sense. I say I'm saying control in the sense of manipulation, not control in the sense of trying to uh, make anything less, but just trying to control it. Period. Trying mm-hmm. to control the numbers. It's a numbers game, and they are trying to maintain control of those numbers. And it's not so much. Uh, I think they're trying to control who's being born and what rate they're being born at. Because but, that's and let me ask you the question again. Over. Right, but I got to ask this question: If they're legalizing, if, they, if they're banning abortion, meaning you can't get rid of a child. How is it controlling the population? Because what I'm seeing is that if they're legal, that they're saying they abandon abortion, you cannot get an abortion. Meaning, if you get pregnant, you got to have the kid. Right, but you're 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 using the word population control in a traditional sense. Listen mm-hmm. to the definition I just gave. I said okay. population control. Look at the word control. They're trying to control. Who's being born at what rate? Not saying that they can't have a child, but saying you must have it. They want more. So, yes. Okay. Okay. Now I understand. Okay. Yes. So the word population control, as we've been using it, yes, was to control it to a minimum. I'm saying they're not, they're trying to control it, but they want more of another. I understand. Mm, Okay. I get it. Like, you motherfuckers stop having abortions. We need you. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I see what you're and if about. you listen to these groups of, um, I would say, white supremacist groups, these these crazy radical groups, they'll mm-hmm. tell you that, and they will say how they're trying to have more white babies, these right, women right. that are having that. That's yes, and they are afraid that by whatever year they say there won't be many white people and there'll be more biracial and there'll be more Hispanic than them and there'll be more that that's their fear. So it's right, all about true. that. Do you think yeah. that they really care about people's health? If they cared about people's health, we'd have true universal health care. We'd have mm-hmm. free universal health care. If they cared about our health, this isn't about right. health at all. At like all. That, if they cared mm-hmm. about 
people dying, if they say, well, you can't kill a baby, then they would take care of the ones that are here, that, that right. are actually living and breathing, and we'd have better gun control. Mm-hmm. They they not they make sure that babies weren't being killed because little they're going to kindergarten and people walking into elementary schools and there's no kind of well they let the assault rifle rules uh, guidelines that President Obama set into effect they got rid of those they let them expire and they didn't reinstate anything to keep our kids safe so if mm-hmm. they cared about people living and dying then they would care about the living people. But you mean to tell me you only care about pregnant women? You only want to tell mm-hmm. pregnant? And you don't really care. You're just telling them what, whether or not they can control the child coming here. But you're not making sure that they even have prenatal care, everybody proper prenatal care. Because they, there are there's Medicaid, but that's an income guideline to that. Mm-hmm. So this rule, this this Roe v. Wade overturn applies to all women. So if you care mm-hmm. about all women, then the the guidelines you have in place would be in line with that, be consistent with it. It's not. So it's a power struggle, and and I I don't of course agree with it at all, at all. Right, I respect that. I love the way you put that, the way you word that together, because it, it opened my eyes. Um, so what you were saying, it, 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 and this deep was going. So now they're trying to overturn Clarence Thomas. I read yesterday they're trying to oh, set back the hand of time too with um, gay marriages and yeah, that's else. their agenda. It was something that they want to. Yeah, they 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 really on some. Slick they're trying shit to over. reverse. They're taking us back. They're taking us back every time we were at a tipping point. You know, this is the same thing that happened. After slavery was reconstruction, the reconstruction era, we had more blacks in office after um, the Civil War than ever before. We had black governors for the first time and mayors, black towns that were successful. We were at a tipping point. And what happened? Mm-hmm. The Klan happened. And although, you know, Jim Crow happened, every time we get to the precipice of really making America what we say it is, like President Obama, all the great things he did. Then the Tea mm-hmm. Party came. They wanted to reverse everything he did. They didn't want universal health care. You know, they, they they did not want the true meaning of universal health care. They don't right. want it because it's about them and their lack of – they don't want to lose power. That's all. That's all it's That's about. That's so true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and then, yeah. you know, they don't want to teach that in school. They're trying to – and that's laws that'll say you cannot teach that slavery was even about race. They are right, trying to I teach that. agenda. It was about money. You know, it's it's like, come on. You, they want to rewrite history, but it is what it is. Even in history, they said what it was about. They said what slavery mm-hmm. was about. It, it's not, we're not dumb, we're not stupid. This generation and this these new upcoming generations, these children, us even, you know, I'm, I'm a, not of per se, this generation, but we're not like our great, great, great grandparents. We know what's up. Like, stop. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're very intelligent, beautiful and intelligent. I love that. That is awesome. Thank so you. let's talk about the, um, the how people can find you on Instagram, social media, what platforms you have so they can see your walk, they can see um, <laughs> what you're doing and support you. See, as my friends say, prance and see me prancing. Um, yeah. Well, 
Instagram, uh, I have my Chimes Boutique page and Chimes CEO. And um, I'm also on the TikTok, as my mama says, the TikTok, um, Chimes Boutique and Chimes CEO, and Facebook as well, Chimes Boutique. Um, so those are the platforms that I utilize for social media right now. Not much happening on Twitter. Uh, that's my, you know, I plan to do more there, but not much happening there with Chimes Boutique. Um my website is chimesboutique.com, and they can go there and see what we have to offer 24-7. Um, that's what's up. Yes, and that's updated. So we have listen. new arrivals all the time. Okay, how, and how often? Like every week, every other day? We have new arrivals at least weekly, but during the spring and summertime, because that's such a high travel and shopping time, we have new arrivals mm-hmm. several times a week. Um, okay. it's just driven by sales and the demand because sometimes, I mean, we often sell out. So as things are going, if they're moving quickly, we're steadily adding things. So they can always, of course, when they go on the site, they'll be offered to join our VIP program. Put your email address in. We also have an app. Download the Chinese Boutique app. That's for Android and iPhone users. And you'll get the alerts. You'll get the notifications that we have new mm-hmm. arrivals. So when you get that, and a lot of people do, they probably are like that hot sign at Krispy Kreme, baby. They pull over and, and go ahead and place that order. <laughs> so here's my question. <laughs> because they now, know. Are you saying, here's my question. Are you saying Times Boutique or Chimes? I, with my Louisiana accent, am saying Chimes, C-H-I-M-E-S. Okay, just want to make sure we got that right. Chimes Boutique. Yes, yes, and And, I'll tell you, can I tell you where that comes from, where the name came from? Yes, yes, exactly. I'm glad you said that. (laughs) So, and and people that are from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, especially if they, everyone here, but especially if they are, um, went to LSU, are familiar with the area, South Baton Rouge, there's a street called Chimes. There's a restaurant called Chimes. So that's what a lot of people related to. No, that's not where it comes from. As a matter of fact, when I started it, I wasn't even in Baton Rouge. I was living in Tampa at the time. And okay. because, as I had shared earlier, uh, the catalyst for me starting the boutique was losing my stepdad, I was in a place where I wanted to get to my happy right now. I wanted to name it Happy Boutique, but uh, that name was taken. So I okay. made a list of things that made me happy. As a little girl, I always love wind chimes. Always. I love the sound. It makes me feel something inside. So okay. I didn't want to name it wind chimes. I thought chimes was catchy. I thought it was a good sound. I didn't mind saying it and hearing it all day long. Oh, that's where the name comes from. It's chimes awesome. because it's a, something that makes me happy. I like that, hon. That means a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, to all my fans from Australia, Japan, Dubai, um, Paris, Liverpool, UK, like, man, to Seattle, all the way to Oakland, California, New Jersey. Listen, this is a Don't awesome. forget about Louisiana. Yes, by Louisiana. Yeah, I rock with y'all, too, <laughs> you know. Um, New Orleans, mm-hmm. Baton Rouge, I got love everywhere. When you go on her page, you'll see the love. You'll see the energy. Support the sister. 
I think that you will appreciate um, the talent that I bring to the show because everybody has a story. Everybody has ambition. Everybody wants to win. And I love that I have a platform that um, I can share with the world. This is the TK Kirkland Podcast. But before we go, let me give a shout-out. This week, ladies and gentlemen, I'm quite sure you already know because you're my fans, April um, 2nd and 3rd, catch me at the world-famous Tampa Improv. You know what we did there last year? It was sold out to the tip of the, of the, of the building, and we want to do that again. So put the word on the street. Tell somebody who knows somebody that got a car, that got a few dollars, that want to take somebody out, that it's going to be a show to remember. Remember, if you're talking to my show, I will throw your ass out. I will have security <laughs> escort you. You know I don't effing play. I get them. I get them, T. I get them. You mess with me. Your ass get out of here <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I have zero tolerance. Zero time. No heckless for but, you. Yeah, I don't play with it. I, I, I just, I'm at a point in my life, I don't have time for it. When you come out, there's certain etiquette you should have. When you come out, you should want to have fun, drink with, you with your girl. You know, you have a good time. Um, um, and, and, and just enjoy yourself. You know, I don't do that tongue wrestling. We're going back and forth. Or a female who's trying to get my attention. You think the way to get my attention is to be talking mess. Um, in the audience, I, I can notice you. Like, I, I have to deal with all that type of BS. So, Mm-mm. July 2nd and 3rd, ladies and gentlemen, put the word on the street. It's the return of T.K. Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the K. Let's support the sister, young lady. Not only did I find you beautiful, I find you amazing. I am so proud of you, and I love your mindset. I love your ambition, and I just see huge things um, coming for you, and I know what I'm talking about. So I wish you the best. You know we're going to stay in touch, and um, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. For, you're welcome, Sarah, and thank you for your time, okay? Thanks. All righty. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the TK Kirkland Podcast. See you next week. God willing. Peace. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland. For more information about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.